Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Hello, hello, beautiful people. It's Sarah Poet. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Sacred Remembering Podcast. If it's your first episode with us, welcome. Today's guest is Brooklyn Rain, and I'm really excited to introduce her in just a moment. When I was tuning into the introduction of this podcast, a story actually rose, and so I want to share that first. This happened over the course of the week through conversations in the Sacred Truth Mastermind that just started a few weeks ago. And this group is definitely a an alchemical soul container, and it's women saying, we want to stand in the sacred truth of who we are and overcome blocks on the voice, overcome you know, perceived blocks to the sacred. Um, and we follow that inner truth and we investigate and are curious and share things where we ordinarily may not share them in the world, but it's a safe space to do that. And that's the container that um, I was guided to create. And so in the first few weeks, everyone's getting to know one another. And the There's also an energetic component where I lead sacred space and activations, energetic activations and healings. And so, and I do that as I'm guided. And as I hold that space, I call in certain space holders. (laughs) So I use words to set that space. And I talk to the Christo Sophia, I talk to Mother, Father, God, and I use some other language. And one of the women, courageously, because it, it takes courage to say, hey, you know, I don't know about this, or am I out of place here? And so that's what she did. She said, I don't know this language that you're using and I don't know if I'm supposed to use it or have it as some prerequisite to the group. And I'm telling the story with honor right now because I think it's a story and a a transmission, if you will, for, um, for many women listening. So um, that's the purpose in sharing the story. And 
you know, that's a big question to ask. It's a courageous question to ask. And of course, if you join a group and then there's all this language that you don't use, it's like, am I in the wrong place? And so I explained why I use that language. And I said, I didn't learn this in any school or teaching. I didn't adopt this from any one person. I came to learn these things on my path, on my path of sacred remembrance, um, on my path of reclaiming the feminine and masculine knowing the sacred again, it's definitely still a path I'm still on. (laughs) And what she said in response was really profound. And in essence, it's, it's why we do the sacred truth mastermind, because we're all questing after our own truth. And I know that you're doing that too, if you're listening to this podcast. And So what she said was, you know, I've never really heard, I'm paraphrasing, I've never really heard of a space holder or maybe even a woman adopting vocabulary that she herself discovered on her own path of remembering, on her own sacred path. And that was just so profound to me that I wanted to come and share that in a story today. I wanted to come and share that because that's exactly what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. And I wouldn't have said it in those words that she so perfectly put them in, you know, but it was this reflection where when, where I was able to see that when we are talking about sacred remembrance, it is this courageous path. Are you going to give yourself permission to know what you know, to have these soul unfoldings? Are you going to give yourself permission to follow the signs, to make life decisions that do not make sense (laughs) to those around you potentially Are you going to follow your own soul? And are you going to use the language that the sacred gives to you, gifts to you? Sacred remembering, those two words are such a gift. That was the the two words put together in that exact way was given to me. And the instruction was start a podcast, have these conversations, put them in the world. And would my ego love for this podcast to reach more people or be bigger or, you know, have influence? Yeah, I've walked that road as well. And for now, when I tune into the sacred, the sacred's telling me, continue to have these conversations. You're not done with this podcast yet. So that's why I have the podcast. (laughs) So that we can have these conversations like the one that you're going to hear today with Brooklyn Rain, who is just such a magnificent being. Oh my goodness, I'm going to read her bio in just a minute and you'll be able to hear the magnificence. And then you'll listen to her voice and you'll hear the magnificence. (laughs) And I share in the um, 
in our conversation a little bit about how we met, but I did discover Brooklyn in just that perfect way, just that way that, you know, the the universe or God or the sacred puts right in front of us what we need next. And so I had a lot of questions this past um, spring and summer of 2020. I was going through a big awakening process. I actually shared a lot about that in the previous episode um, on the heartland, <laughs> as I call it. And I, I discovered Brooklyn um, in an event that I just happened to tune into and it was the perfect timing because there she is and she's giving, you know, her story of sacred remembrance as I would call it and what that looked like for her. And then she gave a transmission and it was actually her language that she used that really perked up my soul and my ears. And I knew that I needed to meet her actually looking at her on the screen at this event. It was like a deep recognition of, you know, potentially soul family or something like that. This feeling of having met before. And so then working with Brooklyn and a few sessions was very, very um, potent and important for me over the course of the summer and fall. So I definitely recommend that you check out Brooklyn's website at brooklynrain.com and tune into her offerings. Really beautiful, really soothing, really uh, offerings full of such integrity. And so, um, yeah, tune into Brooklyn and I'm happy to bring you our conversation. And I I wanted to talk to Brooklyn all about the diamond light, because as I shared in the last episode, it began to come to me, these realizations about this diamond light frequency, and I can feel them right now so strongly as I tune into this episode and this conversation and what it will transmit just even listening to it. And what happened with this conversation was a lot of story. And that's so beautiful. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a story of sacred remembrance. This is so perfect. This is how it happens. You know, like, I just want to know more and more and more about Brooklyn's story of how she remembered these things about her own soul and the helpers on her path. And so you'll hear some of that, you know, between her um, amazing and strong bio and the integrity that this woman holds. And then to recognize, yeah, there was a period of sacred remembering, you know, there still is. And, and that's what we do. Um, And then to my point through my story a moment ago, it's in that courage to live in that truth. When we find it, Brooklyn talks to today about surrender and trust and giving over of the of the egoic self, and it takes immense trust, trust in yourself, trust in the sacred, and trust in the the big vast soul that you are that's here in a human body that's waking up to really really big truths. So please don't underestimate that 
the truth of who you are is so vast is, you know, we're all remembering such key components all the time. And right now is such an important time for that on the earth. So I hope that in some way, this episode inspires you to stand in that sacred truth of who you are and to have the courage to hear what you hear and know what you know and listen to your heart and soul and choose just the next step forward on the path because that's what we're doing. So welcome. Thank you for being here. Enjoy the interview. This is just a quick announcement that I do have a new women's group offering that's upcoming. It's called Heartland. And Heartland is for women who are interested in canceling the consumer program inside of you. What is that? That's like the program that perpetuates lack and not enough and I need more. And you can learn more about this at sarahpoet.com and also in the last podcast episode that I did where I talked about this in detail. I'm really interested in helping women come into right relationship with their finances, but in a new way. We're talking about sustainability and integrity and really coming into a peace and a soothing in the nervous system and looking at that lack program, that consumer program, and really coming into a new paradigm of women's leadership. This is what I'm interested in. So eight weeks, eight activations, eight weeks of teaching, a private Facebook group. We're going to begin in April. And um, go to sarahpoet.com and make sure that you sign up for the list or just reach out to me privately, sarah at sarahpoet.com. I actually, as I was in the portal of this program and the development of the program, Um, I I need to upgrade all of my web website, all the things, um, that's clear. And it's just a part of the alchemy of the program actually, as it's, um, taking place in my life. So I will be switching websites. So that's why I'm saying, reach out to me, um, privately and just make sure that we have a conversation if you're interested in this. And there is a webpage at sarahpoet.com backslash heartland. If you're feeling it, um, you know, especially in light of this conversation and the, uh, the diamond light that is streaming through and available to heal so much right now. Um, if it's calling you, check it out and we'll be in touch. Brooklyn Rain is an intuitive channel and a member of the Christos Ascended Master Collective. She has experienced many incarnations with the Sophia Christ Collective, the Lyran Syrian Whites, the Orophim, Ancient Pleiadians, and the Hathors. Through her Diamond Sun crystal structure, she assists humans to return to their original divine blueprint combined with their Christos template, allowing a fuller embodiment of the I Am presence in the unity consciousness. As an original seeder of both humanity and of Gaia's many elemental resources, 
Brooklyn works to assist in repairing and rebuilding the portals, frequencies, grids, and meridians of both the micro of humanity and the macro of Gaia. As an enlightened teacher of the Christ consciousness in many lifetimes, both on earth and throughout the multiverses, Brooklyn channels the wisdom and living light transmissions from many multi-galactic Christ collectives. These transmissions and wisdom come through as spoken words, light language, and light frequencies. Hi, Brooklyn. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. It's such a pleasure to talk with you always, always, and um, and be with you. And I know that listeners are just going to, uh, you know, be given so much by uh, this conversation and by your wisdom. So thank you. Um, I would love to share how I discovered you, how we met, or I tracked you down rather (laughs) after um, you did a talk that had a very sacred remembering esque you know, tilt to it. You were sharing your story of awakening um, for the eight, eight event, the Lionsgate event with I think flower of life Institute. And I saw this online and as I was listening to your words and your message, I was like, this woman is my soul tribe. And (laughs) I just, I wanted to soak up everything. And I listened to your talk like three times over the next few weeks and tracked you down. And um, so glad I did. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. So, um, so let's just dive right in. Um, I would love to hear you speak to what your, and I know it's a really big question, but what's your gist of what's going on on the planet right now? We have, we have disruption, we have awakening. What's, what's your take on it? Gosh, you know, it's such a good question because I feel like every day there's this grand invitation to sort of you know, really every minute, right? Every now minute we could tap into that. And because things are moving so quickly and all the planetary alignments and all the, you know, multi-dimensional, multiversal assistance that's streaming through in abundance right now, it feels like that's just rapidly shifting and changing in every moment. And yet, you know, there are some um, sort of some bigger um Things that are working through the collective and that have been uh, taking some time to, to move through because they're so so hum- significant and and huge in nature. And so, you know, what the guides so often come in to kind of share about this 2020 and, and you know certainly into this new year linear year of 2021. Um, and, and really, it feels like to some degree, you know, has been taking place for um, for the last many years of the ascension cycle and will for the next several years, is this really big um, cataclysmic sort of apocalyptic um, timeline that, of course, we see it showing up in, in this now moment, this now linear time, this now expression of of the collective in the collective humanity as having all sorts of things going on politically and with the, you know, with this virus and and so forth. 
Um, but what they're showing what this represents is that, you know, this, this ring on the spiral continuum of existence and how in this, in this now time, we've all chosen to come in here as individual souls and also as a part of the collective of, you know, consciousness of humanity to, um, to bring back home uh, all the soul fragments through the different lifetimes here as earth incarnates um, that play into a, um, the, the same uh, frequency bandwidth of those timelines of, let's say, the ones that are, are more have been revealed to us of, you know, the Atlantean timelines, the Lemurian timelines, the Sumerian timelines. And there are many, many other galactic um, sort of uh, weighted timelines as well, this sort of more cataclysmic timeline that it has been wiped um, significantly from our from our memories. And so um, what they show is this is really, you know, this is the age of golden ascension. Yes. Um, but yet it's also the age of full transparency and full disclosure. So, uh, you know, this is a grand, grand opportunity, which is why so many of us have elected to come in to experience this grand homecoming. It's a, it's a great opportunity for us to understand um, that, you know, as it comes back around for us to experience that we have this, a lot of universal and multiversal support and planetary alignment and everything to show up and to respond to it differently than we have in previous times. And, you know, and they break it down simply, simply to say that, um, you know, it's, just like our own soul's experience, right? We come in, we have these big patterns that have played out, um, whether it's part of our ancestral uh, lineage or our own soul's lineage of previous lifetimes. We have these big patterns. We have these big um, frequency bandwidths of, of density and so forth. And they keep coming back around and we keep experiencing them in different ways with different characters and um, in different roles until we choose to respond with a different uh, frequency bandwidth than that which created it. Mm. So, um, you know, in this particular case, um, you know, during the timelines that previously mentioned of Atlantis and, and Lemuria and Sumeria, et cetera, you know, it was a great shock, great tragedy, great, you know, um, sort of warring um, our frequencies within that separation, etc., that took place, um, judgment, um, sort of this whole battling, right? Um, and so, you know, we could never heal or move beyond that ring on the spiral continuum of existence if we choose to respond in any of the same vibrational frequencies that uh, had created that to begin with. So the same can be said of, you know, what's going on now. It's, you know, and, and so it's like, okay, so what do we do with that, right? Um, and so what so many of the guides and collectives and beings are coming in to share is to, to really each of us go into our own experience of incension and ascension, showing up um, to, you know, release the densities of, of these experiences. Experiences that are in our cellular DNA and cellular water, 
um, bringing home the fragments, releasing the densities, releasing the self-limiting beliefs, and really getting ourselves more and more in that present moment, in that neutral observer um, awareness, so that we can truly, as an individual, which then ripples out into, you know, critical mass of, of the collective, move beyond this, move beyond these big patterns and come into a greater bandwidth of unified consciousness. So um, I know that's pretty detailed. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, beautiful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and so everything that's going on in these little micro pockets of from month to month and, you know, day to day really are just basically different types of, you know, uh, planetary alignment and galactic galactic alignment and different bands of um, of plasma light and things that are coming forth to assist us in whatever our own personal intention and journey is on this you know on this ascension path um, to I, I believe and you know I might be biased being that this is a big part of my um, mission and service here is you know to to come out of the separation matrix and come back into bringing you know heaven on earth right our oversoul container our pure divinity and i am presence crystalline blueprint however one chooses to um, best describe it bringing it back home back into um, physical embodiment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you were mentioning the amount of support that's available. And over the last, you know, year and a half, as I've been in sessions, more and more and more support was showing up in the sessions. And then more and more and more was getting done in each session. It was like, we can go faster. We don't, you know, it doesn't have to be so laborious. It doesn't have to be trauma focused. It's like the, the teams were just there. And I was thinking like, um, am I getting better at this or are more just showing up? <laughs> I think, uh, you know, it's probably both, but, but, you know, so much support showing up um, at this time. Do you want to say anything more about that? Yeah. I mean, right on and yes and yes. Right. Like, yes, <laughs> yes, you are getting quote unquote better. At right. It, right. And, and, and yes, there is more. And, and that's, it is so important, right? Because um, as we're going through and we're recalling these different traumas and things that are coming up that are being triggered by our day-to-day, um, it's so, so helpful to, well, two things that, you know, they always come in to say is, you know, find that neutral point, be in the present moment, you know, Walk this path in the present moment, in that place of, you know, that center point, that neutral point. Um, And then remember, you're not alone. There's a lot of help. There's a lot of assistance. There's a lot of support. And um, and so when when we're able to surrender into that, you know, and really allow ourselves to fall into that unwavering faith and trust that this is this is true and this is here then life becomes really magical because we're not creating um, these barriers through the egoic mind we're not creating these blocks and, and we're allowing it we're we're allowing ourselves to receive and and to be with it 
Um, and because things are moving so quickly to your point, it's like, wow, lots can get done in a little bit of time when we come into our present moment, witnessing observer and set clear intentions and allow for assistance. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned that egoic mind and you mentioned, um, you know, the, the process of awakening and on this podcast, I'd love to invite some story sharing because I mean, your bio is extremely, I mean, it's so what uh, it's a judgment word, but strong, right? Like you've realized so much about yourself in this incarnation. And I would love for you to share some of the process of the walk of remembering these things, because um, I just heard you talk on the Lionsgate event about a lot of those um, incidences of remembrance where you weren't talking like this, you know, a number of years ago, I don't know how many in linear time, but yeah, would you like to share some story about what life was like kind of before and after some of this awakening? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, to your point, you know, and also the earlier mention of things moving so quickly, I mean, yes. Okay. So it was literally seven to eight years ago. Um, and, you know, I'll try to give the brief um, overview of it, but, you know, I was on, on paper to everyone around me, everything was perfect. Right. I mean, I was um, an executive chef of, 15 plus years at that point at a really um, one of the top restaurants in the town that I live and was running marathons and I had three healthy, you know, beautiful children and in a solid relationship. And, um, you know, and so everything looked great, but on the inside, you know, there was this great internal storm brewing, Um, you know, this just, kind of on all levels, like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you name it. It felt like, you know, I was really ready to implode. And so, um, you know, and I was doing all the right things, eating all these foods that were very aligned with, you know, a healthy, healthy lifestyle and going to different functional medicine practitioners and stuff to work on uh, healing my gut. But I had, um, you know, a, a long kind of several years with um, hypothyroidism and some other things going on. So, and I was, I had a fair amount of depression and things like that, that I was just trying to pretty much like convince myself that it wasn't happening. And so I I, I truly reached um, one day, I just kind of reached, I call it my surrender point or when my, the the snooze button on my divine alarm clock broke. And I was like, oh man, (laughs) I can't hit snooze again. Um, and I literally threw my hands up in the air and I was crying and I said to God, I said, okay, I surrender. You know, clearly I don't have the answers here. Um, I, I want, please show me how I can come home to a place of this, you know, this knowing this place of divine peace. And I, and I literally heard a voice say, it's time to meditate, um, and of course, you know, at, at that time, um, I really didn't know anyone. I mean, I'd heard of meditation, but I, I, I never practiced it myself. I didn't know of anyone. So um, I 
I found somebody uh, shortly after that, and it was very synchronistic. My husband ran into a friend he hadn't seen in a long time, and you know, voila, all of a sudden he starts talking about meditation. So from the very beginning, all these really kind of magical little um, diamond breadcrumbs <laughs> were being <laughs> placed, placed along the way. And so I started meditating and it was a bit of a struggle. You know, my thinking mind was all over the place. And, but I, I knew, I just had that knowing like, okay, this is, I must, this is it. Like, you know, I asked, this is what I received. This is what I'm going to do. So I, I quickly surrendered and really just determined in, in that moment of surrender where I heard the voice like, okay, I'm going to have unwavering faith and trust that this is this is what is meant to happen. And so about three months into this practice of meditation, um, just like any other day, I was set my timer for 15 minutes and sat down and began breathing, asking to release that which no longer served me and bring in divine peace. And I had this really profound experience and all this light came in and there was this presence of, of Christ, you know, consciousness and, and source and, um, you know, beyond words. And it was just, there was this direct, complete knowing, okay, this, this, you know, we're coming home, we're coming home. Um, and so I ended up being in meditation that day for like over an hour. I didn't even hear the timer go off. Um, and it just, it just, from that point forward, it was just like more and more like different people kept showing up and, you know, oh, you should do this. And, and it was just, you know, just surrendering into it, trusting and surrendering and showing up each day with that non-negotiable, you know, spiritual practice of breathing and meditation, releasing and bringing, you know, bringing home. Um, and then, you know, I was introduced shortly after to breathwork, sacred breathwork, and that by far was one of the grandest catalysts for um, massive amount of soul alchemy of this weight, you know, being literally watching and witnessing through this practice of clear intention and breathing, like all these layers and these little movies of Akashic history kind of playing out and releasing. And, um, and so on and on and on over these last eight years, it's just like, and then I, you know, someone would come along and say, okay, you should try this. And then I would. And so I phased out within like the first year of all of this or really eight months, I, I knew, and I had known my whole life that I had a, something more that I was supposed to be doing. Um, but I, I've, began to phase out of being a chef. And I thought, okay, I have to, why don't more people know about this? I need to, you know, shout it on a mountaintop. <laughs> and so, um, so I went and I phased out of my position as a chef. I went back to school for holistic health coaching. Um, I did some training in sacred breath and, and I just, you know, through my own journey of showing up in my own way of, you know, bringing back fragments and releasing density. I just kept accumulating different tools for the tool basket. And we're ha I kept having these really um, just beyond words type of profound experiences that were taking place that were really kind of keeping me on course, keeping me on that, you know, 
in the center lane of, um, of my, you know, my path of illumination here, my true North. Um, and so really it's just, it's been, there's been this absolute really fast ascension that's taken place in, you know, what seems like a fairly insignificant amount of linear time. Right. And I, I mean, the first thing that really stuck out from your story was that you said I surrendered and I trusted and I had faith. And um, I think that's really, it's profound. And I, you know, it's not a comparison thing, but I think that um, many take a long time to get there uh, because it's like hard to surrender. <laughs> it's hard to surrender given, you know, what we've um, kind of been working at as humans. Uh, you know, we're, we're just like working at life so hard for a, a lot of time. And then um, often that, I don't know, I, I'm, I guess I'm just looking at the surrender in, in like a beginning of the path as like, wow, that's so profound and trusting. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I will say as you're talking, like, I think that the some of the, uh, the gifts that I'm so grateful for, and that as I look back, even to those times of, you know, the majority of my life, basically, from like the age of five to the age of, you know, 37, or whatever it was, um, where I was so asleep, you know, it was perfectly and divinely orchestrated, and I see the brilliance in it. Um, yet all along there were, you know, these, all these different experiences that I chose to have, you know, a lot of them are like self-sabotaging and, you know, these different ways of, um, patterns of cultivating different ways of like not honoring myself and not loving myself. Um, and, and it was so interesting. Okay. I'll take, for example, you know, I had an eating disorder, um, and I was, like, you know, I like to fully commit to things. <laughs> so yeah. I was fully committed, you know, to, to this. And it was like, you know, I don't know where it came from, but it came from, you know, and, and it was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And so, you know, I, I did it and I did it a hundred percent. And, and then one day, just, just as quickly as I decided to, to do it, I heard that uh, a voice and it was like, okay, now you stop. And it was like, and I just trusted it. I was like, oh yeah, of course I'm going to stop right now. And it's so interesting because I think back about that and think to myself, like, how the heck, like, how do you have that? And then, and that, you know, now granted there, there, there was, you know, a lot beyond that in terms of, you know, body dysmorphia, all that stuff, but the actual, like, you know, full on starvation, da, 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 um, So I realized that all along this incarnation, I've had this really dialed in um, unwavering faith, trust and surrender in, in, in certain, you know, to certain degrees. And then soon as that hit, like the surrender point hit, it was like, it, it fully unlocked and it was like, okay, yep. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I just know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing some of your journey and and the humanness of it. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I like to not only highlight where we are and how far, but but also how far we've come, 
you know, and sure. this is the path that we're following those, like you said, diamond breadcrumbs. Um, so maybe we'll go toward the topic of the diamond light and, um, yeah, just a big topic, but, but talking about that a little bit here. And I think you had a story of divine remembering to share, um, about the diamond light. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. It's a fun story. So, um, so, you know, two, two things kind of come in with that. I, I remember my, my introduction to the diamond light, um, was, you know, I was in meditation and, um, pretty much at that point, which I'd say if I had to guess, although my sense of linear time is becoming more and more <laughs> strange, I, I would say it was probably about three years, three plus years or so into this, you know, awakening journey. You know, I'm in meditation and, and up until that point, I, most of the meditations I've ever had, I would either get these streams of this like plasma golden light that would come through almost looking like a lava lamp or, and, or in conjunction with this really vibrant, like indigo and violet light. And so I'm in this meditation doing the same thing, you know, calling it, you know, I am that I am calling in my, I am presence on the inhale and on the exhale, you know, I release all that no longer serves me past, present, future. So I'm in this rhythm of breath and, you know, connecting to my intention and, you know, silently in a mantra and, you know, and all of a sudden this, this tremendous amount of white, like bright, bright white light starts coming in. Um, and, and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, what, okay, what, what is this, right? What, what uh, what's happening right now? And, and then I hear from the guides, you know, this is the diamond white light is, is coming in, you know, you're bringing home the diamond white light. So I, I then had um, an experience not long after that, or sometime in, you know, possibly in the same week where I was um, receiving a session from somebody. And again, this light comes in and it's like this massive felt sense of, of home you know, and tears were streaming through and there's, there's just a level of profundity to it that, you know, or was beyond words. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that was kind of like this, you know, initial homecoming of, of these diamond light codes. And then, um, and then I remember through doing, you know, breath work myself and, and meditation and breath work and different things, um, I was having this series. I went through this little pocket of series of a lot of divine feminine, um, different goddesses and like divine mother and Mary, Ma- or, um, you know, Mary Magdalene and Isis. And we're coming in and doing these, um, bringing forth these different codes and sort of initiations and things. And, and in one of the um, breath works, they said, you are here to, to bring forth and to, you know, um, to share and to uh, restore the divine feminine um, Christ template, you know, the divine feminine Christ itself. And I thought, what am I making this up right now? Because I hadn't read that anywhere 
you know, at that point. And, and I grew up Catholic and, you know, at that point there had been several years, you know, that I had felt, you know, determined that that definitely wasn't a part of my spiritual practice any longer, but, but I was like, you know, like, am I making this up? You know, this is so, but, but there was a knowing, there was a deep knowing that in fact, this was the case. So I kind of held on to that, you know, and was going through, um, daily life and practice. And, and then, um, in meditation and breath work, I started having all these really significant, um, recalls and memories, um, of the time of Yeshua of, you know, the time of the incarnated Christ, right. Of Jesus. And, you know, being there at different, you know, points on his journey and being with all these divine feminine, um, uh, ascended masters and um but like physically being there and it was so confusing for me i was like wait a second like what what is what is all of this right and now i realized it was you know really this whole initiation process this whole bringing back you know and igniting the diamond light was igniting these cellular codes and memories and um you know the ancient wisdom and teachings of of this of these times but as it was happening at that point in time i was really sort of like you know awestruck by it but also slightly confused so i remember i was on um online shopping on on amazon actually. And I was going on to get something for the house and up pops into, um, on the screen, the Sophia code, it said, you might like this book, the Sophia code. And I, and I looked at it and it said something, you know, about it, divine feminine Christ consciousness. And my jaw dropped. I thought, Oh my gosh, it exists. (laughs) I'm not making it up. You know, someone actually has written a book about this, Uh, you know, just totally calling my silly linear human self out right now. So, so I thought, okay, you know, not we're human, right? So we, we still like to have the confirmation and, you know, it's, it's helpful along the way to have different things that help us to, ground into real time what we're experiencing and receiving and and so forth so so i ordered you know i ordered that book um and and actually wasn't called to to um to read it or anything for quite some time after that and anyhow um not long after that i was having a dream one night and this dream was absolutely profound it was one of those dreams it's very lucid so it was like i had a a um a knowingness or a level of um connection to myself in the bed having the dream but i was still in the dream so my interpretation of that is like a lucid dream and so in this dream i'm in the body of divine mother, mother Mary. And I'm walking through, you know, I'm wearing this sort of these very old, simple, but old um, kind of gauzy clothing. And I'm walking through this area and there's this, I have a house and it's this like stone, small stone, very modest building. And there's like this, you know, I can remember the vision uh, very detailed. Um, 
And so I'm walking and I'm walking with another woman, but I'm like sort of in hiding to some degree. Like, you know, I remember having something sort of veiled over, over myself and was trying to keep a low profile. And so, and I'm, and I had, I was, um, I had, I was pregnant. And so I'm going through this dream and now it becomes nighttime and I'm looking down, I'm outside and I'm looking down into this, what appears to be like an outdoor, like ancient outdoor theater where, you know, this there, you, you're looking down through these um, steps that are kind of carved into the earth, looking down into onto this, the stage, if you will. Um, And so I'm walking and I'm standing at the very top of the stairs, looking down and kind of, again, staying sort of on the periphery of things. And, um, and I'm looking down and sitting on this platform um, in the middle of this area um, of the stage was Krishna and sitting in a Lotus position. And I was looking down and there's quite a bit of distance from, from where I was standing and where he was. But he looked at me and I looked at him and then he started sending this diamond white light from his third eye into my third eye as, you know, divine mother in the stream. And I was seeing all these sacred geometric codes and things, symbols, transporting, being transported through this um, diamond white light. But the, the thing that was so interesting about it was that I could feel in my physical body, in my bed, I could feel this all this energy like rushing through me as you know like it was happening in real time. And so I woke up the next morning remembering the dream and I was so confused, right? Because here I am working through all these programming of organized religion that you know that I had chosen to experience in this lifetime and and I'm getting all these downloads about divine feminine Christ consciousness and now I'm having a dream that like I'm in you know I'm either mother Mary or in her in <laughs> yeah, utero, you, like her, experience, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Like, you know, I'm like, you know, this is so interesting. So I'm kind of, I'm trying to digest this and I, you know, and I'm realizing, you know, this, that something very significant and profound energetic transmission took place. Um, so my mom was in town and we decided to go and walk my dog together. And so I'm walking and my mom, beautiful being, you know, definitely not on this, this path of ascension, but, you know, and, and more like old school and um, yet open, you know, open to respecting whatever someone else's path is. So we're, we're on this walk and I'm guided to share the dream with my mom, which initially I was like, why would I ever do that? Like, mm. You know, it doesn't really make any sense, but I do. Right. Because at this point on the journey, like when I get guided to do something, I do it again. It's that, you know, that trust. So, so I start telling her about the dream and I'm thinking, so she's, and she stops, she stops walking and she looks at me and I'm thinking she's going to say, honey, I think you need to go see somebody. (laughs) You know, I'm like thinking, oh man, like, I knew I shouldn't have told her. And she stops and she looks at me and she says, you were in, and I'm going to mess up the name of it because I'm not good with names. You were in, I think it was like Ephitat or Ephicus or something, Turkey. And I was like, what? 
Like that's the last thing I ever thought would come out of my mom's yeah, mouth. Yeah, right. She's, like, she's channeling with you. <laughs> yeah. And she, she's like, she's like, that's where you were. She's like, your father and I were there a few years ago. She's like, I know exactly where you were. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm thinking to myself, Turkey, like, you know, I'm just going to admit I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm challenged in that way in in terms of like history and like, you know, I, I'm thinking to myself, mother Mary would have been in Turkey, like, you know, whatever. I'm, that may be common sense to a lot of people, but for me, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But so she's telling me that she's like, your father and I were in that exact place. And I thought, this is, you know, now this is getting even more surreal. So I get home and I Google it and she's right. It's the exact house. It's the exact um, outdoor, like, I don't know what they refer to it. It's theater or Coliseum. That was in my dream. And I was like, you can't make this stuff up. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, it's those types of, you know, stories, which are many at this point that just, it's like, okay, keep following this, you know, those diamond breadcrumbs, keep, you're on the right path. You're going to bring, you know, it may not make sense linearly and it likely won't, um, you know, but just how can you surrender into it? How, you knowing, you know, that there's, there's significance to this. And, you know, so after that experience, you know, more and more downloads began to, to, flow through and more and more of this diamond light was wanting to come through me and, you know, in both in private practice with, um, and then session work and just generally speaking. Um, yeah. So that, thank you for allowing me to share that story. It's, oh my it's gosh, always, I love a story. <laughs> it's fun to remember that. It's fun to remember. So did you ever figure out why you were in Turkey or what significance that location had. I know that you are a grid worker. And so, I mean, was there a significance to the location that revealed itself later? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Um, you know, I never explored it from, from that, um, from that lens. And in fact, you know, really it was only upon, um, meeting today to have this beautiful, um, co-creation that I was even reminded of that story. Um, it's been, you know, several years since I've even thought about it to, to recall it, but I remember at the time asking, okay, what is the significance of this? And, you know, and what they, what the, you know, Sophia Kreitz collective came in to share is that, you know, I mean, I was, in the bloodline lineage of Isis and divine mother. Um, and, you know, and this was very representative of, um, it, it was an initiation essentially, you know, a, a bringing forth um, sort of cellular recall and different um, codexes and um, ascension codes that were, um, appropriate in that moment on this journey for me to be, you know, to continue to embody more and more knowing of, you know, of who I am and why I'm here, um, and more of, you know, preparing my vehicle, um, to, to be in service, to be in service in this way, to help others remind, remember who they are, you know, and, and bring through the codes and the, technology so that everybody can come back into their divine birthright of um, self-realization and, um, you know, and, and their divine blueprint. So, but, 
but now they're coming in to share it. Like, absolutely. You know, anytime we show up and we do anything as an incarnate, as the micro of the macro of Gaia, and as the micro of the macro of all that is, um, we're all grid workers. Some of us put more of an emphasis and come in with certain technology to do more specific and plentiful, um, you know, grid work, but ultimately just by inhabiting here and being here, anything that we do as part of our ascension process and journey um, or part of any, even if we're not doing anything in our ascension process, just our beingness here has, you know, sends out, um, an invitation or a message or vibrational bandwidth into, you know, into the quantum field of all that is, and, and certainly into the grid of Gaia. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just recently I have a super quick story and I, I wrote a, a longer blog about it, but um, you know, here we are in the pandemic and so we're not traveling very much. And I was called to go to um, meet, my best friend from Pennsylvania halfway in Virginia and um, invited him and he said an immediate yes. And he booked it. And he said, you know, there was the symbol in the cabin and this is why I booked this cabin. I mean, the whole thing was just very magical as the whole, uh, as the whole weekend played out, but we took a hike and I was on the hike talking about something really significant about my family of origin and Uh, some of what I was uncovering around just, you know, even as it has to do with my ascension cycle and the earth's ascension cycle. And I stepped onto this big rock. I mean, big, beautiful, flat rocks in Virginia. And I said, Oh, I'm doing grid work. (laughs) It was like, Oh, my foot on this rock in this mountain, in this place because I was talking about my father's lineage and the trauma that the family had gone through. And I thought, I must be where he grew up. Like, I must be very close to this. Mm -hmm. And it had not even crossed my mind, but it was something about the vocalization on the geography. Um, And then I, I just realized, so my soul had orchestrated the entire thing without me even realizing this was happening. And then I did send a message to my mother and I said, can you give me the town of, of where my father, you know, grew up um, or for the first few years of his life anyway, where this, um, you know, tragedy had, had happened. And we were very close to that. Oh and, my then, and then Brooklyn, my grandmother passed the following week. Mm. Like I got home from that trip to learn that she was ill. And then, I mean, she was, she was with me. I could feel her with me. And so I don't know even what she and I did on that trip, you know, in the, in the unseen, yeah. um, on the soul realms. It's like, who knows, but following the breadcrumbs and um, standing on that soil was, was something major. Uh, huge. Still don't quite know what it was, but it was, it was huge. And then activation. Well, I want to respect that you've got to go get your kiddo from school today, uh, which I just, I also love because there's so many moms juggling so many things listening to this podcast. And so uh, I love that, that we need to be completing here so that you can go get your child and and you know you're doing many many 
huge things. <laughs> Mothering, uh, guiding us through the ascension. And so thank you for, for all of that. And I just want to check in to see if there's anything else um, on your heart to share. And of course, we want to know where to find you on the web to, to continue listening to you and your shares. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I so appreciate this opportunity. And it feels like it flew by in like five minutes. I know. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I hope I didn't take up too much time (laughs) sharing that that one story. Um, Because it feels like so much wants to, you know, to be shared. Um, But yeah, no, I just I, I love it. And I love this container that you're creating and allowing for um, you know, those of us who are here as, as moms, as wives, as sisters, as daughters, and all the many, many, many roles that we play um, to feel a greater sense of invitation and to speak our, you know, our authenticity, our truth, and, and share our, our different experiences along the journey um, so that, uh, you know, that we, we can all feel that sense of community, that sense of you know, that true sense of unified consciousness and um, in, in a bigger way, you know, in a more sort of tangible, tangible way. So thank you so much for this great opportunity. And, um, and, and if, you know, to answer the question of how to, um, you know, be able to contact me, um, I think the best way to kind of explore that uh, would be my website, um, which is brooklynrain.com. And that's, you know, Brooklyn, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N, and then rain, R-A-Y-N-E.com. Um, Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for walking the way you do. And thank you for being here today. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Love you. Love you. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.